0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Modern Retail Podcast. I'm Kale Guthrie-Weissman, the Editor-in-Chief of Modern Retail. And this week, we have Helen Nwosu. She's the VP of Social Impact at Prose, which, among other things, is known for its customizable hair care products. But I want to talk about what it means to be the VP of a social impact, <laughs> VP of social impact at a brand, sort of what she's working on and how that fits into the everyday ebbs and flows of a, of a growing business, um, which is something that... I try to have our team write about. It's something I'm interested in, and I'm sure she has a lot to say about it. Helen, thank you so much for joining. How are you doing?
1: Hi, Cale. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Straight out of Bed into Queens, I yes. hear. So hey, <laughs> I still consider you a brother. So don't worry.
0: Thank you so much uh, for, for <laughs> the listeners. I I was telling Helen how I just moved as of three days ago. So I've, I've I've moved boroughs. Um, for you know New Yorkers listening.
1: Yeah. So ten years is a lot to be in Bed Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to speak with you. And thank you for um, just bring attention to this really special role and exciting role that I have social impact. So happy to talk to you about it, give some insight and answer whatever interesting questions and, and nuances that you have to, to think about in this space.
0: Absolutely. But first, just why don't you tell us about yourself? Sort of, you know, who are you? How did you end up in this role? What were you doing before? All that jazz.
1: Interesting. I mean, it's interesting that I'm a podcast because that's how actually I think our my, my CEO found me. But um, huh. my name is Helen. I am uh, VP of Social Impact at Pro's Hair, as as Kale mentioned. Um, I've been in my role for about a year now. It's a new role. Um, nobody had this role before. I also have the same title as Harry, Prince of Wales. So once in a while, I think, <laughs> I, I think about calling him and be like, Harry, what's your strategy? Yeah, right? like, how are you doing it? What are you doing today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, what's your goals, you know? But, you know, it's a really special role, like, Harry aside, because it really is a way for businesses to really think about how they're treating for me, the planet, the community, and their employees. Like I really have a dedicated space to kind of put that um, vision of business for good together and then kind of create activations, programming, and messaging that puts that foremost in forefront. I did mention that it's my CEO that found me and, and recruited me for this role. So, you know, my presence in this role is really... Uh, is really tied to the fact that from inception as a startup, my founders, Paul Michaud, Arnaud Pla, Nico, all wanted to have, um, you know, social impact and business as a force for good clearly embedded in the business from the get-go, you know? And so creating a space, I dra- I report directly to our CEO. It's not through a marketing lens or a finance lens. And I think that's really special because it's telling our consumers and it's telling the world that this is just as important as you know the, our finances as our marketing as our operations so it's a really really exciting time to be in this role um because of the last two years because of the pandemic and black lives matter and stop asian hate and even right now over the course of the last you know two months what's happening in in uh legislation in the supreme court we really see that um our consumers are not just here to buy our products they're whole p- beings that live holistic lives and are affected by multiple things that are happening in our in 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 the world and so i have this uh you know beautiful space where i can operate where i get to um, think about our consumers past the point of sale, right? After they buy our products, before they pro- buy by products, they're people. And as their people, what makes us tick? What are our challenges? How do we create spaces for people to thrive? And how do we affect change with our business? So that's my job really is business as a force for good. And really think about, thinking about our consumers as whole people that exist outside of the point of sales and carrying our relationship with our consumers beyond that point of sale.
0: Wow, that is a very big mandate. Uh, (laughs) um, That's
1: why I got the gray hair. That's why I got the gray (laughs) hair. (laughs) Were you
0: doing this type of work before you joined Pro's?
1: Um, I was in some way, shape, or form. You know, I've always really been interested in in that space of how business can be d- conducted as a force for good. I was at Louis Vuitton for eight years, and in that role, I went through multiple roles. But one of one of the key roles that I have was a man- manager of like the green team, and the green team mm. was really what you can probably think your vision of like a hippie hugging a tree and like drawing unicorns and rainbows. That was me, but in like in like luxury retail, right? And it was really. <laughs> At, 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 at LVMH, you know, they really started doing some early work before sustainability became, um, uh, you know, like a catch word. To talk about, you know, what is the life cycle of the product and how do we extend that life cycle and how do we create spaces that are meaningful for not only employees, but take environmental considerations into place? What are the audits that we can put to really think about how our systems run and how we can have um, uh, a business that is running in a really impactful and mindful way?
0: hmm. Can you give just a little bit of background about pros in general? I feel like probably most of our listeners know it, but it's a really yeah. interesting company. You guys are growing at a, a pretty fast clip. And also, um, I mean, you're in a the company as a whole is in a, a really unique place compared to other companies that are values driven in that you're a B Corps, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, this is something that's really, really interesting. Um, we became a certified B Corps in 2019, right? So we've been a B Corps for three years. Uh, 2022 marks our recertification process, which has already started. And, you know, a B-Core certification is really a a type of ESG, like Environmental Social Governance Matter, and it allows us to really look, um, our internal systems, like like have an audit of how we treat our people, how we're treating our planet, how we're treating our communities, and have a check system, not only for what we've done, but where we want to go, right, and make clear uh, goals about not only um, um, our people, our DEI initiatives, clear goals about uh, climate change and our carbon impact, clear goals about our community involvement. So, yeah, there's that. And there's also we're a public benefit corporation. And that's something that we started last year. Um, we became a certified public uh, a public benefit corporation. And a public benefit corporation, what's interesting is that it makes part of our it makes our public benefit um a mandate with our, our, um, board. So it's part of our legal charter. So it's not just like something that we put on our website. I actually have to report to the board at some point and say, Hey, this is what we've done. Um, this is what we're planning to do. This is the, the way that it benefits the community. And, um, So it's like it allows us to not just say things, it allows us to actually say things, do it, and then have an internal, like an external auditor basically check them, right? It allows for this level of transparency that our consumers are really demanding. So, yes, we're certified B Corp. We're also a public benefit corporation. We're also climate neutral. So with those three things, we're really hitting those three parts of like our employees, the planet, our community. Um, with with external auditing systems, we um, were started by three uh, gentlemen from France, actually, and they had a really lovely idea of really creating products for those that normally don't have products, right? So, I think if I think we need to probably step back and to kind of look at what the the normal uh, consumer product uh, development is, which is like you know through mass mass production, usually it's like what category do you fall in? And let's make those four categories and everyone has to fall in those four categories, right? So someone like me who has you know type 4C hair will have to find, okay, maybe that will work. Let me try it. It doesn't work. So you go back and you like try another product. It doesn't work. Maybe you got to find two products. And really their idea is like to make really customized products that are highly efficacious that are going to work and they're made to order. And so what that does is two things, which really uh, to me is, is kind of like the the whole mandate of my job. One, you have products that are specifically made for you. So it's telling you that you're okay that you're how you are, right? It's saying that we're going to do the work of of making a product for you. You don't need to fit into this box. We're going to make the product that works for you. Tell us your goals, tell us your challenges, tell us where you're located. Uh we have a 40-point questionnaire that asks, what are your hair goals? Where do you live? What are your challenges? what do you, you know, what do you eat? Are you a vegan? Do you need like all those questions? So we make something really personalized for you. And the second part of that is it's made to order. So I don't have a million units sitting on the shelf waiting to be sold. They're literally, like we literally do not make a product until someone orders it because we can't, right? And so with that, um, with those numbers, we're looking at like, I, I can't remember the number, but it, uh, I'll pull it out later. I think it's like, like a trillion different 79 trillion different wow. customizations available because there's 85 different data points, right? Yeah. Which is pretty amazing considering there's only what, 7 billion of us on this planet. We can literally make a product that was, that's personalized for everybody on this planet, which is pretty amazing, I think. Yeah,
0: that is. Um, I want to talk about the public benefit corporation thing because I I know very little about that. So you'll probably have to educate sure. me a lot. But it sure. strikes me, you know, I've talked to many people who have various roles um, around social impact and a company, and one of the biggest gripes I hear is that it feels like it fits more into the marketing, and it's it, there's there's not that much oversight. It seems like this. When when you joined this, did this make it feel more tangible
1: for the work that you were trying to do? Absolutely, because I think you know I have really beautiful um, partners, not only in our marketing team, but you know uh, a leadership team that's really supportive and also really dedicated to pros social impact program but like you said um the programs that i do are not through the the lens of a marketing team i i do work very closely with them but you know we just did a really beautiful activation in um uh enduring for juneteenth where you know we really looked at we like to look at what's going on in society think about equity and access and one of the things that i know is you know Uh, How difficult it is for certain populations to swim and often it's because of hair like they don't know what to do with their hair after Mm -hmm. or before or whatever, and so we did this beautiful activation where we supported a nonprofit called tank proof that's dedicated to um, giving free swimming lessons to BIPOC kids in areas where they don't have access. And, you know, normally from a marketing team would probably be like, well, why do we want to do that? What does pros have to do with swimming? But if you really know about nuances of our culture and discrepancies around access and just the history of an Amer- in America, we know that a lot of black people don't go to the swim pool, swimming pool because of their hair. And so we were able to bring kids into our offices and bring their parents in and teach them how to swim. And again, from a marketing perspective, what is that? It's like a small nonprofit that you know, doesn't have a huge reach, but from an impact standpoint, that's huge because every single one of those kids that came and swam and got their hair done really had a special moment and it can carry that with their life onwards with their life and just really kind of break down certain barriers around that. So I think that's what I'm talking about when I say impact and not having to go through a marketing lens and not thinking about what, how does it affect the bottom line? Of course, I want to, you know, in this day and age, sustainability is so at the forefront of what consumers are thinking about when they purchase products. So, of course, I want to drive acquisition. I want to, you know, help with retention. But I think the messaging remains pure, sincere, and authentic when it's done through this lens of impact.
0: So let's go back to a year ago when you joined. You said that uh, it's Arno. Is he's who who'd reached out to you. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, he did. He did.
0: Um. And so, was he like on the prowl looking for someone to take up this behemoth task? And when you joined day one, how did you organize everything you wanted to do? Was it that you had pillars of of, of ideas? Sort of. How? Wh- what do you do when you go into such a big role, and and no one's done this before?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting task. I think what what I worst, first do is really like spend a lot of time with Arno, really speaking to him about what he envisioned, you know, this is a company that he built from scratch and he built it obviously as a business, but as a person, he's really a mindful leader. And he really had some specific goals around, you know, how we talk about pros and what pros can do and the space that pros can really make an impact. And I think you know, that title, you know, my title, it's it's a heavy title, but it's also such an amazing title because it's impact, which is when you impact something, you're affecting change. Right. And so I really asked him, what was his vision for impact? Like, how are we going to impact? And, you know, I've always loved his philosophy of, you know, we existence space. You asked us where our, we're located. We're in Brooklyn. And so the first place we're going to make impact is local. So local, local, local. So we do amazing things like our manufacturing facility is local. And as you know, that's unheard of, right? In, in this day and age where most manufacturing companies are kind of moving outside of, of, specifically for consumers good, are moving outside of big urban areas. We're allowed to provide, you know, really great jobs and kind of revitalize. We're in the Industry City, Liberty View, Space, Revitalization of the Sunset Park area. But I asked him like what it, so we spent a lot of time talking about what pros could do, what um, our positioning was, and this really special moment of like being able to celebrate diversity in this really unique way because we can make products for everyone. And so with those conversations, you know, I really started to think of my role in two areas, right? Which is social impact and sustainability. So that's how how we affect people and how we affect the planet. And so really it's like, like a right brain, left brain. Where with the with the sustainability, it's all about metrics, making sure that we're measuring, measuring, measuring our impact, um, offsetting, mitigating, redu- reducing our impact where we see high red flags. So that's that was the first aspect of it. And the second aspect is really celebrating diversity in a way that is community based, that allows our consumers to really see that we're a brand that cares about them beyond the point of sale. So those two spaces are really where I've put my focus in creating activations that speak to the diversity of our clientele, that speak to our, the diversity of our employees, and the speak to our ethos, our brand pillars and our ethos, which is um, um, advocacy, which is you know amplifying voices that can't be heard, which is community involvement. So those are the two aspects that I've really focused on. The sustainability aspect, which is measurement and mitigation of our actual carbon footprint, and being able to reduce it as we grow. So we grow mindfully. And then um, the second part is the social impact, which is how are we treating our employees? How are we treating our our communities? How we affect the planet? And how can we be involved in a mindful way that can connect to our employees beyond the point of sale?
0: Makes sense. How do you juggle, how do I say this, the sort of front-facing activations with the with the, the the things that are more systemic and invisible that likely won't be written, you know, l- l- might be boring for some for a normal person to know about. Because I feel like, especially on the sustainability front, it's about making tweaks and things that people would love to hear. Like, you know, we're yeah. carbon neutral now, but in the, in practice, it's something completely not mundane but technical that we don't know much about. Um. So Absolutely. how do you, how, do you, how do you juggle those two things? Because I imagine you're dealing with sort of two different levels, two different sides of things.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I think it's like, it's, it's really humbling. Like when you have to do, like, there's part of this, like, you know, speaking with you, that's super front facing. It's super nice to be able to kind of speak to some of the work that we do in the community, but insofar as sustainability and like our carbon footprint, it's, it's really tedious really, to be honest with you, because we're going to the, all the teams looking at, me- looking at our invoices for all year on measuring our electricity, finding where the red flags are, where we can start to reduce. So it's really like uh it's really kind of um technical. Um I do I do like that aspect of the job because that's where I think the magic is, right? Where that's where the reduction is because we really see what the impact of our business. Juggling both, I think it's just um it's just how you wear different hats, right? It allows me to really go back and work with teams, the operations team. I I'm at our Liberty facility, Liberty View facility, which is our where our operations are um at least once or twice a week working with our um COO Um, and looking at spaces where we can do better, whether it's packaging, whether it's operations, whether it's waste. And that's really technical, like that's nitty gritty. I'm going back there, I'm looking at machines, we're looking at where waste is, we're looking how to mitigate waste, where the other part is really community facing, where we get to see our consumers, where we get to engage our employees. So it's a nice balance, you know, in a day and age where a lot of people are working remotely, and have to maybe sometimes sit at a computer for hours on end, um, without, people around them it's really nice to have a role where uh, it's hands-on on both levels, right It's hands-on on both levels. so um, I think I managed to 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 juggle both. I think sometimes switching from one hat to the other can, be, can take a little bit of transitioning. Um, with uh, both of the audits like being uh, climate neutral certified and being carbon neutral, those things really require working with the teams to get data. To like measure data, lots of Excel spreadsheets, but um, we have a really organized uh, team, so it's it's really kind of a lot of um, back and forth emails, looking at places that our carbon footprint is high and finding places to reduce. So,
0: so yeah. and how how does this work in a sort of org chart way. I think you, you mentioned how you answer directly to the CEO. And I think that the, whenever that makes a lot of sense, um, but do you have like a team that sort of work between other teams or are you sort of going in and out with uh, all the other team leaders to, to make sure things are working in concert? How how does that work so that everybody's talking with each other and knows what the, the coalesced goals are?
1: Yeah. we I'm lucky enough to have, in addition to the CEO, CEO nine really amazing leaders that, um, not only lead their teams uh, beautifully, but we prioritize social impact. So I lean it in into the executive team when I'm looking to create uh, activations. But in addition to that, I have. Um, um, Two people who work on social impact. Well, now one, two people who work on social impact, and two people who work on sustainability that help me with measurement, that help me with the activation. So it helps a lot that I have uh, the team, and it helps even more that I have like uh, partners on the executive team. Our CMO, which is a woman, who's a powerhouse, Megan Streeter. Um, We also have my um, VP of People, um, Diane Kim. They really, we work really close together to you know, look at our activations to amplify what the messaging is. Um, and even what 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 you're talking about, you know, I don't have to think about how to make the mundane exciting because I have a whole marketing team that can do that. <laughs> so I can, I can come, I can come to them and say, oh my God, you guys are, our, our carbon impact is less, you know, and from a geek out standpoint, I'm like, we're producing our products with like one, you know, 33% less of the impact than we did last year. And so they're like, wait, Helen, what does that mean? first of all, and once they tell them what they mean, they're like, oh, okay, let's, let's figure out a way to, to like amplify this on social and they will. So I have a team that can make things exciting. Even like we did a really beautiful thing where we reduced our collateral. We used to have a lot of collateral that came with our, with our packaging, telling you about your routine and what products you're receiving and how to use them. And it was really beautiful, but, you know, we looked back, you know, at our 2018 offering and through a 2022 lens, it seemed a little bit wasteful. So having the marketing team there to work with me to reduce that paper collateral and present it to our consumers in a really exciting way, like look at what changes we've made because I think the thing about this role, it's so dynamic, right? What's what's, what's sustainable and good now may not be sustainable and good in a year's time. So always having an eye on that to change and having marketing team partners to really amplify that is really uh, a blessing
0: how much does customer data fit into the initiatives and the the activations you take on because you mentioned early on how you're looking at sort of the entire holistic sense of the both you know the consumer but also just you know people who are directly in, you know impacted around the company um are you are you asking them what are what are which values are most important to you what should we take on or is it more just taking the, the initial value prop of pros and making sure that you're laddering laddering from them
1: yeah, I think that's really it. Like what are, you know, what is our ethos? What is our value proposition and where, um, where can we quote unquote play? And I think those are the things like we play where we are good. And I think that's the thing. So when we think about things like, you know, our standard is like, you know, beauty is for all and beauty exists in all. You know, we think about reducing waste because of our made to order process. You know, we think about our B Corp certification and, and, and what that means and what what makes those things important so just like moving from the space of like you know mass production to made to order really allows you to hyper focus on the on the individual and allows us to really think about um what we build that is meaningful to our consumer, really, when I think about it, you know, I, I guess I think about one thing that we did, like we, we, we launched um, a refill program for our supplements that we sell. And those, those refill programs were made in compostable bags. And when you think about is, is, is pros data driven where I really think about it as a tech company, you know, sometimes more than a beauty company. Right. And yes, we're hundred percent data driven. We're really, really looking at, you know, I told you that we have 85 data points and we can make 79 trillion different custom custom formulas. But I think really what it does is like, we have so much information. When our consumers are answering 40 questions each for their consultation, think about how much we know about these individual and then add those en masse, right? Um, So when I think about numbers, like we have, you know, 345,000 like five-star reviews. Or if I think about, you know, we've done 4.5 million consultations to date right since our inception that's a lot of information and that's a lot of data so that allows us to leverage that to really create products for our consumers but we also know a lot about our consumers right and so um using those data and using i think social data right like what's going on in 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 the social landscape to really connect and see where we can make impact right so i think that's that uh, as a tech company as a beauty company that's really tech based Data is kind of our 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 crowning glory. We have um, such beautiful points. Uh, We have um, a data science team that's based in Paris that that's led by a gentleman named Morgan Duran that really is able to kind of refine our algorithm to really make our products efficacious. So yeah, data is very important for us.
0: Got it. Got it. Do you? And this is a big question. And it doesn't necessarily have to be about pros, but it's just something I'm always fascinated to ask. Do you think that there's a tension? Between having a social impact section of a company while being in scaling company, a company in growth mode, because I feel like sometimes the two can be at odds with each other.
1: Absolutely, I think that's that's really that's really you know fair, and I think it's a challenge. And I think the beautiful part of that challenge, right, Kel, is you know I am able to interface with everybody that's involved in that growth, whether it's from the finance team, the operations team, and be able to input. know what my thoughts are you know when we get together as an executive team we're really carrying this company from a startup phase to as we grow to this next stage that we're in and having the thing about having 10 people in a room together you get different thoughts opinions you know I'm going to come with a a different angle than the finance team or the the uh, COO or the CMO and we're able to kind of take all of our ideas together and move this ship forward in the most mindful way and I think when we say we're Uh, a certified B Corps, I think that at least signals that when we're at the table talking about how to move this company forward and and grow this company that we're hearing the voices not of just one person saying like grow, 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 numbers, numbers, numbers. We're hearing the voice of multiple people saying, Hey, let's think about, you know, our packaging. Maybe we can develop it in a different way. Let's thinking about, you know, our offering. Are we making sure that we're making products for all types of hair? Let's think about where we're located as we grow. Are we, um, Providing, you know, bona fide employment and career development for certain populations and giving access and creative career development. So there's just ways that we can grow. That's not just like this trajectory, but this trajectory that has, uh, let's go back to that uh, keyword data where we're getting information from all different minds and all different types of leaders and I think that's what they say, you know. When there's a seat at the table, you hear different voices, and you grow in a different way. And you have these diversity of voices that allows the company to grow in a way that, like, uh, a company that didn't have all those voices would. So, so yeah, uh, it is challenge. I'm sorry, it is challenging, but we are growing in that way. That's a little bit more mindful, a little bit more strategic, and a little bit more um, inclusive.
0: Absolutely. Is there a specific initiative or activation you're working on now that either? Is just taking over a big part of your brain and it's it's a it's a tough cookie to crack or something that you're especially proud of that you're thinking of that's that's happening right now?
1: I, I mean I can share on both on both ends. You know, we as I told you, we became a, a certified B Corps in twenty nineteen. We're in the process of uh B Corps recertification. And when we became a B Corps, I think in At the end of 2018, we were 34 people in the company, and now we're 270 people. So being able to keep our B Corp ethos um, through that growth, which we have, is really, really beautiful. And uh, the challenge is, how do I think about where our pros will be in three years from now and build programs Um, for this bigger corporation, right? Are we making some zero waste um, initiatives? Are we thinking about 2030? Are we thinking about, you know, our nationally determined targets from COP26 and how we can contribute to that? So for me on that end, it's always challenging because we're thinking about the future, but I'm thinking, what can we do now that it can affect what our impact is? And then also, you know, in addition to that, we belong to two coalitions, which is the Be Beauty Coalition, um, which is the multiple certified B corporations that come together to really talk about transportation, logistics and ingredient sourcing. But I think I call that the, the sustainability trifecta. Like when you're thinking about sustainability, those are probably the three most challenges, for, biggest challenges for a company of our, 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 our size. And what I love about that is that, you know, knowing our size and knowing the bigger size of the beauty um, um, industry, we're able to say, you know, when it comes to these really important things, right, when it comes to transportation, to um, packaging, to ingredient sourcing, we have to work together, right? And so I'm really proud to work with other certified B Corps, other climate neutral organizations on this, because we're competing for consumer dollars, but we're not competing for their hearts and their minds in this planet, right? So I love this idea of just working together. So I'm really proud of, again, B Corps recertification, but also the coalitions that we work with in within the beauty industry to effect change. On the social impact side, uh, I'm really proud of the activations that we've done this year. I think they're really mindful and hopefully um, impactful to our consumers. But I think also um, it's a new space, right? It's a new space for companies to, to, uh, play in. And I feel like Prose is really spearheading some really mindful programmings in August coming up where we worked with Heart of Dinners, which is two, um, AAPI females that during the pandemic really got together to create, um, food, uh, uh dinners for elderly Asian Americans. And we're, we worked with them for a uh, uh, activation, but we're also going to be bringing them back and doing that something for elderly, so elderly Asian Americans. So I think it's just like being proud of where we are as a company and looking forward, but being able to make impact on a day-to-day basis in our community is what I'm, I'm really proud of and making, making sure all that ties back to our ethos, right? And those are the things that like almost, you know, our consumers are so smart. I wouldn't want to like um, short like... Uh, like not think that they are smart right like just mm-hmm. think like we're you know if i was to come out here and say hey you know we're we made we're made from 99% naturally derived ingredients and we don't test on animals and we're alcohol free and and all these things it's like yeah you should be <laughs> right like <laughs> like you should be but let's take it what's the layers let's peel back the layers and see what else we're doing and and making them m- meaningful and i love the fact that our made to order approach right, means that no product sits on our shelves, right? We don't have products sitting on shelves. And that allows us to kind of really be thinking about business in a new way that nobody has thought about, you know, since this idea of mass production. So I think that's important. And I think that's significant, you know, Um, in this day and age, I definitely do.
0: I think that you hit on something really interesting that a lot of other companies often miss, which is just that their shopper their, you know, their customers are intelligent. And I feel like specifically with initiatives like that, it's like or not issues, just like bigger initiatives that aren't just like I launched a new product. They they don't take into account that people either expect it or know the nuances of it or can speak to them in a in a in a intelligent way. Um and that's something that I think that more companies should be thinking about. But that's just me yeah. speaking.
1: Yeah. Do do you ever think about it like when like you see an advertisement that you think like that company must think I'm dumb. Like, have exactly. You ever to- no, that that's, ex- <laughs> that's
0: exactly it. They think, they think I'm stupid or they think that I have, I don't know. And there's a fine line between like being cu- not cute, but like being kind of but like yeah. having, yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Sorry, I, know, I'm not- I know exactly what you're
1: saying. There's like this fine line, like we get it. I'm in on the joke. To be yeah. Like, no,
0: you must think that I'm not that.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> but well, yeah, so, the- so
0: no, keep going. Sorry about that.
1: No, no, no. That's what I was saying. So I think like, that's, um, you know, I think I think we are operating um, in a space where our consumers are not only intelligent, but actually care about each other, right? I think another word that is thrown around a lot is community um, in, in this day and age. And, and I've really spent a lot of time unpacking what is community, right? Like, what is it? When you're a hair care company that makes products, what is community? And for me, community is people who care about each other, are willing to learn more about each other and are willing to um, step out of their comfort zone to either interact or support each other. And so when you say create community, that means you're creating a space where all are welcome. um, People can learn about each other and people can be part of each other's life and engage. And that may mean learning. It's like Kale learning about what it means to have braids and this type of hair. It's Helen being like, Oh, you know so you're a guy but you have longer hair how do you take care of it you know like the community means curiosity it means uh space it means support so thinking when we parse down those words where does pro pros incorporate that into our messaging our programming and i think that's where our B-Core certification comes on. But, you know, as a company built on personal care, I also think that we have a mandate to think about all these things, right? Because personal care is not just like you buying shampoo. Like if you're not in a good space, holistically, is our shampoo really going to make work, <laughs> right? Brands from like, the '90s so,
0: would like to this to think so. Like, if you just bought five <laughs> things, you'd be a totally perfect whole person. You
1: know, we know better than that. So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, well, we're just about out of time, but I want to ask one question. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's a a kind of bigger question. And so, take it, do do what you want. But like, I feel sure. um, one thing I'm always interested in is is when when someone's in a unique role at a company, how they view sort of the landscape around them. So like, do you, my question is like, what do you see other brands making mistakes when they're trying to weave in social impact into their everyday business exigencies and and what mistakes are they making?
1: Uh, So for me, I, I mean, I just think back to, like, I bring it back to pros, right? Like I think that we're like 2022 marks our fifth year anniversary, right? So we've been in around for five years and it's the third year that we've had like a significant amount of growth, like three times growth, uh, with like you know we're expanding spaces in our operation facility. So when I think about that, I guess I really don't think about what other companies are doing. Of course, like from an industry perspective, you want to keep your pulse on it. But I think really I'm focused on us growing and growing mindfully, right? Because I think that you know through my B Corp Beauty Coalition, through our Climate A Planet A initiatives, I I have the I'm blessed to have like cohorts that share, and I love this word that they use, they share generously, right? Like that means like we're, we're sharing like data with each other about how we get things done and not being afraid to share, even though we're in the same industry. And I think I've actually been in contact with more brands that are doing things right than not doing them right. And so I'm really focused on those brands that are doing right and looking at those best practices and sharing and going to them and talking about with their leaders and having their leaders coming here. Um, I'm not focused on the brands that are not doing things right because I think not that that's energy you know like a cautionary tale is good but there's more to be learned from those that are doing it right and to to tell you the truth kale there's a lot of companies that are doing it right right there's a lot of companies that are invested in this in a really meaningful way and you know are working together to really meet these nationally determined targets to like look at 1.5 as this goal that we have to achieve if we want to continue and I think maybe from uh the bigger standpoint is like if we zoom out and satellite out is that I'm still part of a business right at the end of the day and like you said we're growing and I just you know I threw down some numbers I was like you know <laughs> three times growth kale come on let's talk about it right <laughs> But really, at the end of the day, three times growth means that we're making more product. We're using more of the planet's resources, right? And so that has to be something that I like mold the company to do mindfully. To do like, let's build each product that we build better. So that's where my my focus is really is that aspect of it. So I don't know. I, I check in with me, you know, in in three years again, right? Yeah. And then maybe I'll drop some names that are doing it terribly. But for now, I just think a lot of people are doing really great work.
0: Or maybe in three years, I'll say those companies that you think are doing it right, are they still doing it right? Um, Yeah, that's a good question.
1: That's a good question. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right, Helen, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for joining. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Modern Retail Podcast, a show by Digiday. If you haven't already, please do subscribe and head to Apple Podcasts to leave us a review and a rating. See you next week.